When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. But Michael Laminato, uh, who's been a good friend of the show uh, over the journey, uh, he's the person I turn to whenever we want to sp- speak motorsport. He's a freelance F1 journo, but he covers all things supercars as well. He's written a story uh, on the Fox Sports website today that's really worth a read. If you're even just a passive fan of the V8 supercars, um, all eyes turn to Bathurst this week, the most iconic race uh, on the supercars calendar. But it's the end of an era and the last time we'll see the Holdens going around the mountains. So to tell us uh, all about it and just to take a little trip down memory lane with us, uh, Michael Laminato has been good enough to join us. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. How are you going? Uh, very well. I loved reading this today. I'm, I, I, I am not a, a massive um, motorsport enthusiast. I've got a lot of respect for it, though. Um, certainly the iconic races, uh, whether it be Formula One or in the supercars, and uh, there is so much history around this race, and a very big part of it has been Holden, and that history uh, and that part that they've played is coming to an end this weekend. I'm sure there's a real touch of sadness. Yeah, there absolutely is. And it's a really interesting time as well because a lot of people might be reading this or thinking about this being Holden's last run at, at Bathurst and its last season, in fact, in the Supercars Championship and wondering uh, why we're hearing this when, of course, we know Holden pulled out of Australia a couple of years ago. It's sort of a long <laughs> echo of this uh, this long-running withdrawal, if you like. Of course, Honda is, uh, Holden is no longer in Australia, but the the silhouette continues to be run on the current chassis before the regulations change next year. So it's been a very long goodbye indeed, but it is still the spectre now that from next year we won't even be seeing Commodores running along the mountain, and that is a really long-running history. You know, we've seen Holden's, win- Holden's winning there since the 1960s, the Commodore slightly more recently than that, and it will be quite a change because as much as supercars racing or the Australian Touring Car Championship hasn't always just been Holden versus Ford as we've become used to it, that really is the foundation of, of touring car racing in Australia, partly because they were two of the, pre, of the preeminent manufactured cars in Australia, among several others. But it's just really the backbone of the tribalism of supercars. And sport is, at its best, tribalism, I think, whether it's football or rugby or whatever. And mm. that's the same for motorsport. And that element is one that we... Well, it will be interesting, you know. It'll be interesting to see what it's like next year. But I suspect it's certainly one that will need to be recovered, I suppose, or something that we may, may in fact, come to miss. Yeah, it, it, it really was part of the almost establishing the culture, the, the I'm trying to find the word, but that, but that you know, the trouble you speak of, Ford versus Holden, it wouldn't be what it is today, uh, supercars, I wouldn't have thought, without that. Yeah, you know, it's something I've been thinking about in writing that, and even just over the course of the year, knowing this was going to be coming up at the end of the year, that it's a form of participation, I think, that, that is pretty rare in motorsport. You know, if you think about Formula One, for example, it's pretty, you're pretty unlikely to drive a Ferrari. And you're certainly not going to be driving a Ferrari that you're going to be racing in Formula One. But 
you probably grew up in Australia as a Holden or a Ford person. Certainly in a particular era when they were the dominant cars that people would buy as consumers and you'd have your Holden or Ford on the driveway and houses are identified by whether they were Holden or Ford driving uh, households. It was a real entryway into this form of racing that we don't get with so many other sports or certainly other categories of motorsport. I think that's really a big part of what made it uh, or what really allowed the Supercars Championship to sort of burrow into the consciousness, if you like. And that's something that I, that I will be really interested to see how it continues on in, in following years. Because, of course, we've still got Holden and then Chevrolet next year, uh, as it will be. But it's the Mustang and the Camaro. Now, the Mustang, okay, it's kind of, you, you, you see it a little bit around. It's not mm. a super common car. But then the Camaro, you won't even be able to buy it, or you can't buy it at the moment anymore either. And, you know, okay, that's not what motorsport has to be. It doesn't have to be racing consumer cars. But... That is a big part of the Supercars Championship up until now. So it is certainly going to be a new era when we get to the Gen 3 era next season. I think um, I'm reading through your story, and and this stats, I think, sums it up, that Holden's won 35 times at Bathurst, more than half of all Australian Touring Car Championship races ever held there. Um, 590 race victories, 22 championships. When you were going back and researching this, Michael Laminato, um, were there Holden memories that stood out to you uh, above all others? Well, look, I mean, it's obviously a lot older championship than it is than, than I am, I've got to say. So a lot of the memories, or a lot of the, the stories, let's say, of Holden predate me a little bit. You know, Peter Brock is synonymous with Bathurst itself and so many victories there, even Mark Scaife, you know, for example, more recent memories. And that pretty logical transition there. And then we can talk about, you know, Lounsey, you can even talk about the modern drivers now with Shane Van Gisbergen going for another victory this weekend as one of the favourites and really the, the totem holder now of Holden with Triple Eight, which was formerly well, one of the Holden factory teams, let's say. it's What's really interesting is you can really draw a specific thread from the beginning to the end. Of course you can when they've won so many. It's not so many years between drinks for, for Holden, but I think it's really interesting that you can go back that far and you can have generational stories, you know, you might have your story of seeing whatever Holden driver win when, when you first saw Bathurst or maybe even when you went to Bathurst for the first time, but probably then your parents would as well. And maybe even your grandparents. There's a really clear thread that, that transcends the sport in that way. So it's more than just, I think, one memory, but just the fact that it's, it's been a constant. Yeah, I mean, when I was growing up, uh, you know, I was born in 81. So, I mean, that era was really dominated by Brocky. I mean, 80, 82, 83, 84... Uh, 87. So I, like many, um, that's who I think of um, when I think of Bathurst. But, you know, I mentioned Scaife and the 91, 92. Um, and, you know, in recent times, it's been, you know, Craig Lowndes, 18, 15, 10. Um, but it's, it's always felt like, it's always felt like it was Holden's race and Ford fans might not like that, but it has always felt <laughs> like it's been Holden's. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, it's because they have such an incredible record here. If you look at the overall records for the championship, it's actually pretty even, all things considered, between, well, Holden and Ford as the dominant manufacturers, then you've got your odd wins for various other manufacturers. Both wins and championships here, they're pretty closely contested. But when you do talk about Bathurst as a track, as one of probably the longest-serving track on the calendar, it was sort of, I think, the eighth or ninth Australian Touring Car Championship Bathurst turned up on the calendar. It's been there pretty much forever since the 60s. But Holden has just dominated. It's exactly right. It's sort of an outlier statistically like that. And it's probably an interesting question to wonder why exactly that is. You know, it is the, the, the premier 
race to become the premier race on the Australian racing category. And it's sort of the one you want to win if you can't win the championship overall. And so there's always an element of when you're setting up your car, even when you're designing your car, well, you want it to go well at Bathurst. And there's also, Bathurst is also a track that sort of rewards a little bit of everything. You've got a bit of power there. Then up the mountain, of course, it's a completely different kind of challenge. But it is interesting to reflect on the fact that, yes, Holden, for one reason or another, has just always owned this track when it hasn't always owned the championship as a whole. And, I mean, that is an obvious legacy that, okay, maybe theoretically, statistically, can be caught over time. We've had another 35 years. There are going to be 35 more Bathurst winners. But, you know, that will always be known as a, as a track that was dominated by that manufacturer. I, I will never forget 91, 92, though, especially 91 when Scave came in the skyline. I mean, that... And again, I'm a pa- like I'm passive to it. Like I, I haven't. I've I've taken. I've I've come in and out of it. You know, I tend to have a little look at Bathurst and and follow from a distance. But even I can remember vividly just the like there was anger, palpable anger about the fact that Nissan had come in, and then when they won it, and then when mm. they won it twice, um, I'll 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 never forget. And and because Mark Scave's got such a history with Holden, but when he when that skyline, uh, it just it, it never looked right. Did it? it never felt like it was yeah. supposed to be. But you know that goes back, I think, as well to the fact that a skyline is a car you can see. Like you have this real connection to the mm. cars you're seeing racing around the mountain. You know, it's not just sort of arbitrary teams. Now the teams themselves have their own histories, of course, but they are intrinsically linked to these brands that you have a really like a, a, a household connection to, I think, a car that you probably could buy. You can go and buy the cars that would win at Bathurst and that wouldn't be such a super weird thing. Okay, you may not get the absolute sporting version of whatever you're going to buy, but it's not unusual to be able to live out that uh, passion for motorsport through something you can do every day. And I think that's why suddenly you get a switch of manufacturers, a switch of teams. Even if we think this year with WAU now switching uh, from Holden to Ford for next year. Now, as we've talked about, well, there's no Holden next year. They're switching from GM to, to Ford, and the connection is, I don't want to say more tenuous than it used to be, but it's certainly not the same as it used to be. But that did rile up. I was really interested to see so much sentiment among people who still feel that connection, the longer-term fans particularly of the series, and that shows that that is still running through the veins of some, and how that translates into the new era is going to be really fascinating. Um. Dick Johnson, uh, that name also synonymous with, with Holden, also synonymous, um, well, and Ford uh, as well. But um, now about to have with, and I'm reading this from your article, Dick Johnson Racing's about to have its 1,000th uh, race uh, on this weekend as well. It's coinciding in uh, with, with this end of the Holden era. Um, Dick Johnson's role in all this having been on both sides of that Ford and, and Holden rivalry. Yeah, it's, it, I was trying to figure out. It's not really a century, is it? It's a 10 century. I'm sure there's a word for it that I hasn't struck me, but a thousand races is an awful lot. It's the most of any team in the series. And I do really love as well, okay, there's a lot of talk about, yes, okay, there's Holden's last Bathurst or whatever, but he's come out and he said, well, yeah, no, I'm, of course I'm going to spoil the party. It's my job to. I'm going to win it for Ford. Uh, he's the chief rival, of course. The DJ has the chief rival to Triple Eight this season. They haven't really quite been able to hold a candle, at least to Shane Van Gisbergen for a lot of the year. But it would be, I mean, incredible in its own right. You know, yes, of course, we've been talking a lot about Holden for obvious reasons, but a 1,000 races is certainly no milestone to sniff at. It would be an incredible result for him to be able to walk mm. away from this one with a win in a difficult season, hopefully springboarding into a better season next year. Uh, but this, sort of, this is sort of what I think the series needs to look towards for future years, really, because if we do move away from that 
really rock-solid connection between the cars that you can drive and, and the cars that you see racing around places like Bathurst. And admittedly, the cars you are actually seeing racing around Bathurst only superficially resemble those you can buy because underneath they're completely different. Then I like to see that these teams can come to the fore and really establish identities. And DJI is one of those teams that already exists like that. I mean, there's a thousand races, of course, you can't help that. And I, I do like, of course, that so many of the teams are represented by the guys who absolutely run them, sometimes in the team names themselves. And I think seeing those rivalries flourish now, that maybe it's not so obvious that you have Holden versus Ward, is going to be a really big part and a really valuable part of supercars. I like to see that history growing older, and, and we're seeing that happen now this weekend. Um, yeah, so as a three-time winner in a Ford for Dick Johnson, um, it, it only makes sense that, that he's there to try and ruin the party for them again on what's going to be a bit of a <laughs> celebration. And we forget that he actually started his career way back in, I think it was the 60s in a Holden before he started that long um, and very fruitful relationship with uh, the Ford. So when you're wrapping all this up, Michael Laminato, a freelance uh, motorsport journal, has been good enough to come on his article on the Fox Sports website um, just talking about the end of the Holden era. Um, what do you think you'll be feeling when you watch it all unfold? Um, and, and interestingly enough, Garth Tander, four-time winner, um, set the fastest time uh, today. Um, we haven't really, you know, Garth Tander, for all his success there, it, it's not success of really recent years, uh, unless I'm forgetting um, oh, 2020. So yes, he has. It was sorry, 2011 yeah. to 2020 was the was the big jump from when he from his first and last. But to to see him in in the Holden and he had the fastest lap of the day. What do you think you're going to be feeling watching the Holdens go around the last time? Yeah, great question. I mean, I think it's really going to depend on where they're placed in the field, isn't it? I mean, there are enough of them that you think they're going to have a pretty good crack. And I think some of the favourites would certainly be Holdens, whether it is the uh, Van Gisbergen, uh, Tander lineup. You've also got Lowndes and Wincup both racing again in Holdens, having another crack at glory there. And I'm really interested to see how the Wincup and Feeney uh, teammate or co-driver relationship goes because it's a really interesting one. Essentially, team owner and young driver, the, pass, the literal passing of the baton there. But, I mean, if they're going to do well, then, of course, there's going to be a little bit of a fuzzy feeling there, isn't it, if you're watching them? And if they're not, well, maybe we'll just talk about their last race at a couple of races' time and think that that's going to be the great farewell for them. But, I mean, the race weekend itself, I think, is going to be really interesting because we saw a little bit of it today, but not so much in the practice sessions. But the rain's really due to come down. And that's going to completely change the complexion of this race compared to what we've seen throughout practice so far. It's going to really put an emphasis on thinking on your feet as you work your way through strategy over what will... I mean, if it's raining a lot, it could well be seven hours or more as a race. So I think that's what's going to be really fascinating is seeing these teams sort of navigate through that and, and who might be feeling the weight of that history. You know, these couple of these teams have represented Holden in a much more intimate way than others and whether when we get to that last hour and victory might be on the cards, whether that's going to sort of cloud or affect their thinking. They're professionals, I'm sure, and cloud their thinking, but that will certainly play a part in, in how that last hour unfolds. Uh, Michael, just a last question, because it's coming through uh, off our text machine here. We get real-time feedback. And is this a question um, that's being asked? What's the future look like then for, for the supercars? With Holden going and where does the rivalry come and how do we stir up that kind of tribal emotion uh, in the sport? What does the future look like? Well, that's a great question. And, you know, it's sort of... I, I've got suspicions in that, I, or I rather I'd like to see that the, these teams come more to the fore rather than just being Holden and Ford teams, just being teams in their own right. But it's sort of kind of not up to me to begin with because it's really up to the fans. You know, fans are, are fans yeah. of supercars for certain reasons. Some of them will be fans because they're Holden or Ford fans. But 
they don't just watch supercars racing because they just want to see Holden win or whatever. You've obviously got to be a fan of, of the racing itself. And it should be pleasing to see that the Gen 3 rules that come in next year would improve that racing spectacle. And that hopefully means the rivalries will naturally flourish. Now, at the moment, we're not having, let's be honest, a fantastic season over the, overall. Shane Van Gisbergen is dominating. He could even win the championship this weekend, in fact. And that could be a storyline in its own right. But if we get closer racing from next season, then... We'll see rivalries form in their own right, and, and the rivalries is really what you need. You know, Holden Ford, at the end of the day, is just a rivalry. And if we get that rivalry between teams in their own right or drivers in their own right, then that's what really drives sport. You know, it's got to be competitive. So hopefully that's where the future of the supercars lies, and just a super competitive era of, of drivers racing each other, coming up through those junior ranks and, and doing battle in the supercars at the top tier at the end of the day, because... That's what sport needs. So as long as we get that, I'm sure the series will be fine with or without, weird as it is to say, Holden versus Ford. Michael, always so generous with your time. Love your work. Article was brilliant. Uh, Thanks for coming on and chatting more about it and enjoy uh, all the action from Mount Panorama this weekend. Thanks again. Thanks, mate. No problem. Anytime. Uh, Michael Laminato, make sure you get on the Fox Sports website. He's a freelance uh, motorsport writer and talking about the end of the Holden era, which you'll uh, see the giant of Australian motorsport heading around the mountain one final time. Uh, when we come back, uh, Adam Kosnick's going to preview uh, this round one of the A-League season, which is upon us tomorrow night. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.